What's going on, everybody? This is Jay Page coming to you live from beautiful, kind of chilly, San Diego, California. That's right. That feeling you just got is the sweet, sweet tone of my voice, and not Zane's battered rambling or Jake's chippity choppity talking, doesn't know how to do an intro. Uh, great to be back with you all. It's been an eventful couple of weeks. Hope everyone had a great holiday season. Um, we got a lot to catch up on. Obviously going to talk Zags, uh, but a lot going on in the NFL and in the college football ranks that we, we just got to break down. So as always, joined by uh, co-host Jake and super special guest Zane. Boys, how are we doing? Hey, Paige, this is uh, co-host Jake in Seattle. Um, Chippity Choppity was a little harsh, but it was pretty accurate of how I do intros. So, uh, you know, got to learn. Uh, but I'm excited to have the full six of us to talk some Zags and talk some Zags after two wins, which is pretty rare these days. <laughs> What's going on, fellas? Super special guest host Zane coming to you live from God's country, Spokane, Washington. Uh, yeah, Paige, I mean, rambling. Yeah accurate but i'm I'm just gonna throw it out there that's a lot of hostility coming from a guy who hasn't been on the show in quite some time i think just throwing it out there um but i'm doing my best to stay warm right now fellas i am enjoying the the last couple of hours of temperatures in the positive uh spec spectrum of the scale uh those of you who are familiar know that Spokane is about to dip into the negative degrees over here for, for the next couple of days. Uh, so while we stay cold, the Zags stay hot, baby. Can't wait to chop it up. Beautiful. Well, as always, boys, no, no, uh, no harm intended with those comments. They all come from love. Uh, I'll tell you what though. I missed those la the last couple episodes. Living on the East coast, three hours ahead of everyone else is an absolute trip. For someone that's been on the west coast my entire life um so when we were like talking i was like dude i'm going to bed like <laughs> i'm not staying up until one two in the morning to hang out guys sorry but um regardless you know it is what it is but uh hey we've got a full intern crew here tonight we got a zambi a daniel and a koopy boys how we doing what's going on lads intern coop here and zane said it best it is cold, but our zags are warming up. Love to see it. We're gonna talk about it. We're gonna we're gonna dive deep. So let's get it going. What is up, listeners? Zambi and Baja coming to you from Spokane, Washington. As Zane mentioned, it is gonna be very cold. Not looking forward to it, but I am looking forward to this episode. Beautifully said, as always, Christopher. What's up, everybody? Intern Dan. Uh, it will soon be the frozen tundra here, um, but. The week's always better when there's a couple wins and got to go to a Zag game last week. Shout out to not only Chris Zamblin, but his father, Tim, for deciding Pepperdine is not worth his time. And I would gladly take that ticket any any day of the week. So thank you, Tim. Well, that's a beautiful segue into our first topic. We got the Zags taming the waves, beating Pepperdine 86-60. Uh, EK led the team 20 points on 8 of 10 shooting. Exactly what we need him to do. Um, I'll pass it over to Zambi and Dan. Boys, how was the atmosphere in the kennel? Uh, were students back? What were your your thoughts and reactions? Yeah, no. Uh, so the game was actually at the arena, but uh, oh, excuse me, sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. I think the vibes were pretty good. Um, it wasn't fully packed, which 
lent dividends for me and Dan. We got a couple extra towels. So that was pretty cool. Um, it did support the cancer care awareness. Um, so a good cause. And ran to a few zags in the concourse. Um, so good vibes overall. Uh, shout out to the Viking. Uh, good beer. Good food. And uh, Dan was yelling a lot. He didn't cuss. He didn't cuss. But there were like some kids in front of us just like turning around like when Dan's like, that's not a foul. <laughs> so uh, mm. that was pretty enjoyable. <laughs> well, uh, I would say um, honestly a great atmosphere in the arena for that game. I, I, I said to Zambi when we were outside waiting to go in that like maybe this is what this team needs is coming off. Coming off of a, you know, not a great, uh, you know, non-conference season, getting to the, getting to a change of scenery, new arena. They're playing a bad team. They're set up to win. And they have a ton of fans that are still there supporting them through uh, thick and thin. I thought that the energy in there was awesome. Um, Low-key makes me think that, like, we should have played San Diego State in the arena if we knew students weren't going to be there. Uh, just the overall electricity in there, if you can get 12,000 in there. And, oh, yeah, you know, it's kind of nice when you can get beers at the game. Um, I do think that that makes a difference uh, in terms of, of the, of the team itself. Uh, Graham EK clearly just dominant in that game. You could see it every time that they'd get him in the, uh, you know, deep post touch early in the first half, just nobody could guard him. And then that opened up some uh, three point shooting, which uh, was a delight to see. So I came away impressed. I came away feeling good. Uh, yes, it's Pepperdine, but Hey, all you gotta do is beat who's in front of you. And it was, a pretty good performance from us top to bottom. Yeah, you got to love it. I mean, Hickman, four or five from the three. Uh, I think more importantly, Ryan Nemhard, two for three from the three. Uh, boys, uh, Paige, Cooper, Zane, what what was your guys' biggest takeaway from this Pepperdine win? Or this uh, win my, against Pepperdine? Uh, my biggest takeaway is that Graham E.K. is going to destroy the WCC. <laughs> this season um i i the way he just manhandles weaker teams is is pretty impressive um i would just love to see that correlate to a top 25 team a little bit more um but but i mean you're not going to complain when he's doing it in in during conference play um so i think that's this team's bread and butter uh, as far as the wcc is concerned which is all that matters right now um, I'd love to see this guy just absolutely go to work. Shout out Ryan Nemhard. I've been particularly difficult, hard on him the past couple weeks. It was great to see him go two for three from the three point line. If he can get hot and just, and just do that, go two for three. I know that's shooting 66%, but if that guy can make two, three pointers a game, that's a six point swing for this team. That could mean a hell of a lot in a, in a more important game. Uh, and then on top of that, you know, seven assists is exactly what you want from your point guard. I think this is like, honestly, what we what we should ex expect from Ryan Nemhard, um, game in and game out. About 10 points, a couple of threes, and a shit ton of assists. That's all we need this guy to do. We don't need him to go crazy. We don't need him to, you know, we want him to push the tempo, but we don't want him to take out of control, uh, highly contested layups against bigger guys that just blocked the shit out of him. Um, this is what I want to see from him. And it, it was great to see my only holdup in this game. And I'm, I just, I'm, I sound like a broken tape recorder, a broken record uh, is, is 
Dusty Stromer just not contributing offensively despite playing so many goddamn minutes. I just I'm waiting for for the light switch to go off on that kid because you know it's there. You know he's he's capable of it. <clears throat> I hope he can find it because that is literally for me the only dark spot on this game. I mean, that's fair. You know, he got pushed into a starting role as a freshman. Uh, Paige, Coop, do you agree? Any other takes? Uh, I mean, a lot of what I have to say is what, what's already been spoken. Um, I will say in regards to Stromer, I mean, I think a lot of it is just the fact that he is a freshman and kind of this role has been sprung on him. Uh, so, and I think a part of it is he wants to – you know, kind of play within his role, which is a role player, I think, right now, and lean on EK and Watson and then uh, Hickman to be our kind of go-to scorers. But, I mean, with that being said, I mean, if he can develop a consistent corner three, and I don't know what – I don't – does anyone have, like, a magic number? Is it, what, like 30%, 35% from from three? Uh, I mean, um, well, let's see. Currently, he is shooting. He is shooting. Oh, I was looking at. He's shooting thirty-four percent. I don't. What it's not his three-ball that's the problem. I think he misses a lot of like little mid-range. He's only shooting thirty-seven percent from two. Yeah, I'd yeah. Say that's probably. He takes tough goal. layups, tough layups, and like some long-range twos that are great yeah I agree. he can be aggressive at the wrong times it feels like i mean i think if we can get him to a place where he's our just like three point specialist because i think that's what steel has brought in to do that's all we need and so have a consistent three-point shot knock down your corner threes and i'm a happy camper i think on dusty like if you look at our starting five Ek Watson Hickman Nemhard, all of those guys should shoot over him. So him only having only taking four shots really doesn't bother me that much. I think with him in thirty two minutes, dude. What like you have Graham Ek who's dominant. So that's that's just not enough. That's not enough in thirty two minutes, in my opinion. Graham Ek is only playing twenty one. Okay, but like, why does his role need to be to be a scorer right now? It doesn't. I, I be, role, it, it doesn't have to be a score. It's got to be a more efficient score. One for four is pretty bad. I think to to Dan's point, when it's against these WCC teams, it's hard not just to give it to EK because that's usually the best shot. But to Zane's point, when we play a top 25 team, we need Stromer to make those threes so the defense can't just sag it like they have been against all the other tougher opponents we've played. Yeah, I, I just think Dusty, what he brings defensively uh, is – his rebounding as a guard, I think in this game and the San Diego game, uh, both of his first shots go in. So he's st- he's still maintaining confidence. And like, I, th- I think that he's still, you know, he's he's fine. Is he, uh, you know, probably our worst player that sees regular minutes? Yeah, but he's still he's still contributing. So I, I think that, uh, you know, yeah, you'd love to see him hit two for four. All he did was just shoot those threes. So I didn't really do anything else, but I hear you. Well, speaking about contributing players who did not start, uh, in the San Diego game, Ben Gregg actually led the way, scoring 22 points off the bench. Um, 
loved his hustle plays. It feels like he is kind of the spark plug of this team. And that leads me to ask J page, is he the bulldog this year? Well, it all comes down, you know, to a full season's portfolio of work. Now <laughs> the front runner. Yes, absolutely. Um, but you know, it, it wouldn't take much for, you know, a, a dusty Stromer hot streak to get going again. I think he was the front runner at one point. Uh, if Graham EK just keeps on moving furniture around the, the low paint, I don't know, maybe. Um, but we'll, we'll see. I think for now you can definitely consider Ben Gregg, the odds on favorite as the, uh, Bulldog of the year award winner, the third inaugural, I believe maybe fourth. God, we've been doing this pod for a long time. <laughs> um, guys, any other thoughts on the San Diego game? It looked like we we kind of had this one under control, it felt, for the majority of it. I mean, my the biggest thing for me in this game is Nemhar going four for five from three. Yep. Uh, if fuck, if we if that's you know just foretelling of what's to come, like watch out i mean that's that was that's been the biggest thing for me it's just the shooting slump from nemhard i'd like to think that we beat the likes of san diego state and probably washington if uh he's shooting like this and shooting consistently so um yeah hopefully there's more of this to come this isn't just a one-off shooting performance yeah, Nemhard had a great uh, besides the four for five he also had nine assists and six rebounds so you know, not that far off from triple doubles territory, as well as four steals. So, I mean, he did everything. And it's wild to me how thin our guard depth is that in this blowout game, he still played 34 minutes. Like, we just have nobody else left unless we want to throw in Joe Fute, which we never do unless there's like three minutes left and we have a 30-point lead. Yeah, yeah. Think, uh, with with Nemhard, um, just the confidence that he's still playing with, like the ability to kind of shoot himself out of the slump, uh, listening to like Mark Few after the game too, just talking about it and just how he's proud of him that he's overcome some, you know, things that would really break a lot of people. And I think Nemhard, uh, we all knew he's, he's a good player. Um, he's brought here for a reason. He can shoot the ball. He's going to start doing it. And every single one that he shot was so on balance, so smooth, Nothing was forced. It was just very in rhythm. I, I think I think that's the key for him. It's just those catch and shoot, feet set, let it fire, and you know trust trust your work there. And that's exactly what he did. And it was awesome, and it looked it looked pretty good too in those uh, in those throwback unis. A little bright for my for my taste, but uh, still pretty cool. On the on that on that subject, should we uh, round round table and give a yes or no on the uniform selection for? the San Diego game. I'm a resounding yes. I thought they were dope as fuck. Yeah. I, oh, sorry. I thought they were awesome. I it, that's like that to me that's a top three uniform I think we wear. Yeah, I would much I would take out our the uh, I feel what like with the black jerseys, there's always that superstition we had for a while. I would replace those quite honestly. Yeah. I loved them. They were the they were sick. Yep. Thumbs up for me. Dan? Dan's on an island. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. I just oh, I don't know why. No, you, don't oh, you back Dan down was, on your oh, table. Oh, man. I said I like them. 
what I said, I, I, I just don't know why they were so bright. Cause that was never our color. That was never the color that they wore. I just, that, that's the only thing. Zambi, you're, you're the one that knows this program. And you know, those jerseys that we wore in 99 were still like in the Navy family. We were never Royal. Uh, well, Dan, I was four years old at the time. <laughs> <laughs> Zambi, you remember? Come on, come on, Zambi. But no, that, that's a good point. Yes, growing up with the program, you know, they were a little bit brighter, but I still think they looked good. I agree. And uh, yeah, I think they should just keep giving us more and more uniforms. Well, I think this is exactly what the team needed. They needed something to get their swagger back a little bit because, good lord, this team is lacking some serious. I don't know what you call it, gravitas or, you know, I don't know. They're missing something, at least, you know, in recent weeks. And uh, I think it's what just what the doctor ordered in terms of uh, a little bit of a mix-up, a little bit of a change-up. Well, when you think of, like, our four main scorers, like, Namhart's pretty emotionless, Watson's pretty emotionless, Hickman's very emotionless, and, like, EK, I guess, has the most emotion of anybody, but it's still pretty muted. <laughs> like, the biggest emotional outburst we've had so far is Dusty Stromer's little little shove against yeah. San Diego State. And he got his ass chewed out for that. So um I think Ben Gregg, yeah, he's the only one who gets excited after scoring the basketball. Hey, you guys see this? I, I have a fun stat real quick. So in the last two games, Hickman and Nemhard have combined 13 of 21 uh, shooting from the three right now, which is about 62%, which is phenomenal. For That'd be team. pretty cool if we could keep those out. <laughs> <laughs> and that is a recipe for success. <laughs> what do you guys think the the change has been? Granted, it's two games. What's different? I, We're playing. We're honest, one We're of the changes is really shitty competition. <laughs> like, to state the obvious, we're playing dog shit teams now. Okay, but we played good teams and had the same type of looks that just weren't falling. Like, uh, yeah, there's more pressure, right? Yeah, I huh? think you play. Yeah, exactly. Jake said it. You you play a better team, you stress a little more, you press a little more. You play a dog shit team that you know I don't really have to make this. This game doesn't come down to this three. But you can sh- play more freely. You do this against Purdue and you miss that three. They're gonna come down and knock one down in your face. I it to me that's that's like the most obvious difference. Yeah, I think it was uh, last episode I'd mentioned we typically rely on WCC play to iron things out. I think that's exactly what's happening right now. Grand, yes, it's worse competition, but getting the confidence of hitting those shots, I think, is going to be huge going forward. Yeah, I do think it's kind of you know we always talk about particularly Cooper likes to talk about how we just kill ourselves by playing a WCC schedule every year because we're not able to, you know, maintain the high level, the high competitive play that we do at the beginning of the season. I think this year is just the opposite. I think we utilize this non or this, <laughs> this conference schedule to just beat the shit out of these teams, get our swagger back and, and go into other games feeling confident. Uh, to me, the issue is not maintaining any level of success that we've had previously. It's just, like Xavier said, iron out these little things. It's the complete opposite of a normal year. Yeah. The story arc of this year needs to be like 
the Black Panther movie, where we start out and we just get the shit beat out of us. And you think we're dead, but then we come back at the end and we're not dead and we surprise everybody. That's that's hopefully the goal. All right. Um, let's see. I got a question. Real quick question. Going back to the uniform thing really quickly. Do you guys think there's a chance we don these uniforms again this year? I hope so. Have we have we done like our gray alternates? Yeah, we've done we've done those. Did we do that against San Diego State? Uh, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I love the grays. I'd love to wear them in Kentucky. Oh, ho, 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 ho. yes. Doesn't Kentucky wear white at home? Yeah, so we'd wear the like the royal blues. I guarantee oh, we wear the grays. No, no, I guarantee we wear the blacks at Kentucky. I know which. Ugh. Yeah, that's that's a lock. We're for sure wearing those. But I don't think we can wear royal blue to Kentucky. Who wears royal blue? They don't wear royal blue. There's more, it's slightly more powdered. Is it? I would call them a legit royal. Yeah, I think that's as royal as you get. Would make it even funnier. <laughs> if we don this shit in like the if if we're positioned like an eight or nine, and we win our first round game, and we play a one seed, and we put these royals on. Oh baby, just set the fucking tone like it's ninety nine, baby. That that is the only place that I want to see those unis again this year. I feel like they were. Oh, they you're were such a out. hater, Dan. No, listen, 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 listen. They were brought out for a special reason because it was alumni weekend. They were honoring the ninety nine team. So, you know, you wear that in a special occasion, and then if they're gonna make that a part of the rotation next year, cool. But this year, why don't we just save it for when we're that underdog again? And it's. You know, back to the roots, like you like you guys just said. I think coming out in those, like playing a one seed, playing a two seed in those, I would not want to see us. Oh God, that guys, I'm excited. I'm send send you know. Tommy Lloyd home <laughs> early. Ooh. All right, moving on. We only have one game this week. Uh, Zags are playing Santa Clara uh, on Thursday. No Saturday games. Uh, Santa Clara is currently ranked one fifteen in Ken Palm. So a little bit better than San Diego and Pepperdine, but not by much. Boys, uh, what are we looking for in this game? What are some of the keys to the game for uh, not just a win, but a, a successful game for the Zags? Oh, my, it's this... keeping up the strong shooting from, from deep. I think if we keep that trending um we win this game with ease in my opinion i think it's uh not just the strong shooting it's just what we've seen so far it's graham ek establish him inside early there's not a lot of people that can match up with him generate that inside outside offense share the ball play good defense that's one thing that we didn't say about pepperdine or san diego what we did to Pepperdine, they had the leading score in the WCC. We held them like three for 14 shooting. Uh, San Diego had that guy, Deuce Turner, who we, we put the clamps on in the first half. He made some ridiculous shots second half. But our defense, just the way we were, we were locked in, um, it's just more of the same, just another opponent in the way, and go and earn a road win. Because last time we played a road game, we did not win it. So um, that's that's what I'm looking for. Yeah. I do think this game will play into the Zags' favor because um, Santa Clara plays very fast. I average average possessions only like 16 seconds, and I 
I can't remember really the last team that beat the Zags when it was a fast paced game. It's usually in the, the grinders and slog out. Maybe Baylor was the last team that actually beat us when we were playing full speed. But does, does Santa Clara have what was that fucking guy's name? Like Podzimitsky? No, is there someone like that on the Santa Clara team? Yes, Adama Ball. Ball. That dude leads the team in points per game, assists per game, field goal percentage, and steals. He averages oh. about 16 a game, uh, three assists. He shoots 50% from the field um, and one steal. So that's, I mean, that's their. That's their dude. That's their guy. He came from Arizona. Pages, Wildcats. Santa Clara low-key pumping out NBA talent. Don't know why. <laughs> don't know how, but. Yeah. Is this a home or away game? Away. Oh, yeah. Shout out WCC for respecting uh, NFL wildcard Saturday and not scheduling a game during right. that. When is the fated return of one Dominic Harris? Oh, <laughs> Paige, I'm glad you brought it up because we talked about this as it last week. That game is one that Dom you know he's had circled for oh. 365 days. <laughs> it's January 30th at the kennel. Ooh, a rare Tuesday on a Tuesday. Night, what the fuck? Oh God! It just all—it's all lining up for just chaos. Yeah, it is. Dude, we three games in five days. That's wild. We play it, San Francisco on the 25th at Pacific on the 27th. Then LMU on the thirtieth. I hate that game. I I hate that Tuesday game against LMU at home. The schedule got all messed up with BYU leaving, so there's not the the routine Thursday Saturday for everybody. So like we don't play on Saturday, but other WCC teams do. Also, let's be clear: LMU is not good. They're on a four game losing streak against <laughs> Colorado State, Tarleton State, Santa Clara, and Saint Mary's. So. Um, I, lo- I absolutely love the Gonzaga Twitter people. And they're like, look what this transfer's doing. Teams like seven and eight, seven and nine. It's like, okay, that's awesome, but they're losing. <laughs> um, we are talking but- transfers, though. Hunter Salas might lead Wake Forest to the NCAA tournament. <laughs> they Hunter are, Salas looks nice. They are right now on the bubble. <laughs> and if they can get one of those quad one wins in the ACC, <laughs> look out. Jay Billis has him ranked higher than us in his like his version of the AP poll. What if we played Wake in an eight nine game? Fuck that! Oh, Fuck no. that! I don't Actually, like that at all. I no, think we can handle Efton Reed down low. You oh, need to be out to just get all after Hunter, not let Hunter beat him. If Hunter if Hunter were to knock Mark Few out of the tournament, oh boy, that would be bad. That's a that's like just feels like a lose lose for the Zags. <laughs> All right, all right. We're getting off track here. Uh, predictions for this game. <laughs> Score predictions. Uh, we'll start with Zambi. I'm going to say uh, 89-70. All right, leading score. Uh, I'm going to go Anton with 15. I think it's a even field. Okay, okay. I like it. Uh, down to Cooper. Ooh, I'm going to go... Zags 82, Santa Clara 73. 
Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna ride the uh, the Nemhard hot hand. I think he uh, keeps it up. He gives us a twenty piece. Goes Ooh, three yep. three for six from deep. I would love that. That that is all I ever want. Um, up to Zane. Oh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go ninety two. 73 92 um i think the pace is just gonna kill santa clara i think they're gonna kill themselves by trying to run with us um i'm gonna go god it's just really tough to not pick ek uh give me watson he's kind of he's had fine games lately but he hasn't had like a stellar knockout performance i think he's due for another one of those you mean recently, right? I mean the recently, recently. Of, course, okay. of course. Uh okay, Paige, over to you. Um let's go eighty-two sixty-seven. Leading scorer. Give me a little Ben Gray again. Why not? Ooh. Stay hot, kid. But the thing is, if he leads the team in scoring too much, that's an automatic disqualifier from the Bulldog award. So <laughs> really got to weigh his priorities. Bulldogs lead from the back. Everybody knows that. <laughs> All right, Dan, are you agreeing with the Ben Gregg take? Uh, I think Ben Gregg has a nice game, but no, I don't think he's our leading scorer. I think we went at 87-75. You may recall last year there was a certain player on our team who came up clutch at Santa Clara, Nolan Hickman, leading scorer, 17. Love it. Love it. Um, I'm going to – I'll do the optimistic take. I'm going to say Zags 101, Santa Clara 75. And I'm going to say Braden Huff with a lot of garbage time scoring leads the team with 20 points. Something to consider, boys. Uh, Santa Clara is a fucking big team. I'm looking at their size right now. They have three players over 6'10 that combined to average about 14 points a game. Uh, the three-headed European monster. Well, never mind, not European. Foreign monster. You got uh, this Tilly character from Berlin. Uh, Cafaro from Argentina. And McElden from London. So <laughs> keep an eye on Jake. This, is, this has you written all over it here. Dude, I do like their foreign lineups. Two seven-footers and a 6'10 <laughs> guy. The thing with those WCC bigs, though, for the most part, they usually are just not the best athletes, and they can't stay on the floor. Like guarding, guarding Graham, getting in foul trouble, just get, no. they're just going to get run off the floor. Some of them were the most effective defenders against Drew Timmy because he just couldn't juke them because they wouldn't be able to move fast enough to get juked. I don't know if Graham E.K. has the same... Uh, if there's one thing we can do, it's throw bigs at other non-skilled bigs. I'm, I think we'll be okay on that end. But it is something to look at. This Jalen Benjamin, this 5'11 guard, I feel like he's going to get cooked, right? Like they, they throw out, like, they have a lot of players averaging a lot of points on this team. Do they run, like, a platoon system over there? Honestly, it would not be a bad idea, get, like, if you did the LMU Guru of Go style. Like, Nemhart's going to get tired eventually. And then who can pass the ball on this team? Nobody. 
but we won't give the, the other team tips. All right. Um, moving on. So Zags climbed up one spot in the EP poll from 24 to 23 uh, due to, I think, was it FAU losing that caused us to jump? Um, but boys, it's complete chaos right now in the college basketball landscape. I believe both Kansas and Tennessee lost today to unranked teams. Both teams are in the top 10 currently. Uh, what Clemson lost, boys, start rattling out other ranked losses. Purdue, Houston, Tennessee. last night. One, two, three, and five all lost either yesterday or today. UConn oh. was the only one that survived. Clemson. Oh, yeah, Clemson's like 14th, right? Yeah. So I think there's a lot of opportunity for us to – we're going to be a very hated team where we're going to just keep creeping up if we can <laughs> keep winning, and everyone's going to be like, but who did they beat? And we're like, well, we haven't lost in a while, so shut up. Well, I mean, so my my question is, Are will we move up or will teams jump us given we're not playing anyone right now? We'll move up because the teams that will jump us will also lose. I think we'll move up, but I think we're capped at how high. I just, we just don't have a great win right now. So unless we beat Kentucky, I don't know if we really creep into like the top fifteen conversation. I think, I think uh, we're we're capped at sixteen. That's what I, that I, I agree wholeheartedly. I think there's just not enough that can that we can do to help ourselves at this point. But I also think if we can sit solidly there at 16 and say, fuck, we only lost four ga- five games, I'll, I'll consider the Kentucky game a loss for now, just hypothetically. If we have five losses at the end of the year, I can't imagine we're on the 8-9 eight, eight, line. There's That just like would be crazy. That's probably the – But we don't, have a, we don't have a premier win. Cooper, I, I get that. I get you said oh, that like, four times. I get that. But what I'm telling like, you is we would still have – just five losses and the wins that we would get at san francisco at st mary's when those teams come in those are quad one quad twos so they may not be a marquee win but at the end of the day when you look at a quad one and a quad two they're there so they're not going to put a 16 seed as a nine or eight seed like like that's just not going to happen a 16th ranked team is not going to be on an eight nine line That would be crazy. By the way, what is Washington doing so far in conference play? Are they any good? Uh, they're playing USC right now. No, that's Washington State, isn't it? Speaking of meltdowns, have you guys <laughs> been following the UCLA meltdown where just um, uh, who's there? Mick Cronin is just throwing a hissy fit and like blaming players and they lost to Cal and it sounds like everyone in LA is pissed at him. Yeah, that uh, that UCLA win has just lost so yeah. much steam. <laughs> Is our best thank, win right now Syracuse? <laughs> thank God we won that game. If we lost that UCLA game down the wire, oh, it would have been bad. Yeah, UCLA is on a in their last eight games they've won one, and that was a four seven point win against Oregon State. Hey, the good news, fellas, all these fucking teams are losing to everyone. Why why can't we march into, you know, whoever in the tournament and just decide to shoot a shit ton of threes and make them that game? Who knows? Very true. And that's the college basketball recap. I'll pass it on over to Dan, who will take us through the college football landscape. 
Well, 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 a uh, pretty big day today. Bombshell dropped this afternoon. Probably, I I feel like everyone probably agrees with this, probably the greatest college football coach, um, probably of all time, definitely of our lifetime, Nick Saban, hanging it up today. A retirement announcement kind of coming out of nowhere. Boys, initial reactions to kind of what this means for the for the college football landscape. It is fucking wide open now. 12 teams in the playoff, no Nick Saban. Like, the NIL allows you to get whoever you want. This is time to be aggressive and do some shady stuff. Because it is time to win. Yeah, first I'd like to shout out Nick Saban for being classy. You know, he, he has a lot of flaws. He can be kind of an asshole. I think everyone can kind of acknowledge that. But he didn't turn this season into a send-off tour, a farewell tour, like some jackass coaches that may have been at Duke for several years. Uh, so shout out Nick Saban for not pulling a, we'll, we'll call it pulling a Coach K. Um, what this means for the landscape, I think, uh, yeah, Jake hit it on, on the head. I mean, this it's wide open. I, I would love to see how this affects Alabama in the immediate future because as a result of Saban leaving, Everyone on Alabama now has 30 days. Every player has 30 days to decide whether they want to transfer or not. Um, I did see reports that when Saban announces to the team, uh, members of the Alabama um, athletic department asked the players to give them 72 hours before they make a decision, which is kind of interesting. It shows you that Alabama knows they have to act quickly here. But if they don't make a splash and hire the right person. Um, I think Alabama's dynasty is done. I think it's over. Uh, and I think Jake said this perfectly in our group chat. I think they are in real danger of, you know, worst case scenarios. They end up like Nebraska, just like kind of a forgotten dynasty. Um, a lot still needs to happen for that to shake out. Uh, but I guess if if this happens in the next 72 hours, I, I think it's got to be someone that keeps their recruiting intact because that is what makes Alabama, Alabama. They get the best recruits every year, and that's because of Nick Saban. It's not because of people liking to go to school in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. It's Nick Saban. So who can fill those shoes? Oh, if you're an Alabama fan, this is a scary, scary day. Well, Zane, I think I have the answer for you. So I have way too much time on, on my hands. So I'm on Twitter a decent amount. But there was a flight from Eugene, Oregon to Tuscaloosa today. You cannot <laughs> tell me that that's a coincidence. And it gets even better because the return flight scheduled for tomorrow is no longer on Flight Tracker. And Dan Lanning postponed all meetings tomorrow by two hours. So <laughs> if if you're if you're a, if you're a wow. recruit, does Dan Lanning keep you around? Does that fire you up to stick around? I like Dan Lanning. Though I think I like Dan Lanning, but if he just leaves Oregon in the lurch, I don't like Dan Lanning. I feel like that's a big fuck you. I like, mean, it's, it's, Alabama. Alabama. it's Alabama. It's Alabama. It's, it's like, like a <laughs> 
that's the but cream it, of the crop when it comes to an open he, job right now, for sure. If he doesn't succeed. They have all the resources in the world, but if he doesn't succeed, why would people go there? You know what I mean? Other than other than a bag, which is fair. Yeah, the bag, the Nike like sponsorships you get. Got um, that in Oregon. <laughs> I thought we were talking about Oregon. Oh no, no, no. I was talking about oh, him going to My bad. One, one thing I've read is that Dan Lanning has been a little bit outspoken about how he doesn't appreciate Phil Knight having his sort of fingers on everything at Oregon. Uh, I think what did he expect. Yeah, I think Dan Lanning is probably their best option. If it lo- if you look at somebody that knows the SEC, he was a defensive coordinator under Kirby Smart. Kirby Smart learned under Saban. It's all under the same tree. Um, he can recruit well. He's done that at Oregon. And the other thing, too, not only would he uh, – maybe guys that wanted to come for Saban, they leave. But guess what? There are guys that are going to Oregon that want to play for Dan Lanning that might flip and come to Alabama, too. So if you can just bring in top-notch players, and I think, again, just his SEC pedigree, yeah, he hasn't won at the highest level as a head coach yet. It hasn't He hasn't been in Oregon long, what, two seasons, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's, that's about as good as it gets. Or you go leap of faith and say, we're going to get the guy that's going to get us the best players here, and that is Dion Primetime Sanders. Oh, my God. I don't <laughs> know. That is just drinking the Kool-Aid, dude. Yeah. Dang, you're drinking you're giving more than I do. The Dipping. keys to your Ferrari to your drunk 16 year old. I would immediately, I would immediately roll time, baby. Jay Pitch, you're a Dion guy. Why, why would Dion not succeed at Alabama? Oh, I mean, he would. There would be no reason for him not. He would get the best players, but I don't know. I feel like he's kind of gone a little too far down. I mean, it's college football, so I guess we'll see, but. I, I honestly don't know. I believe Saban lived by what he preached, where it's like discipline, accountability. I don't think Dion does that at all. Like as oh, soon as well, he's on a that, losing Jake? streak. Why is that, huh? He literally he, keeps track of his players fighting. He's throwing records. his entire <laughs> offensive line under the bus this year saying we can just get new players. You they don't do that as a coach. They rude. did, but I you're a like, coach of college. I feel like Saban kids. says that shit too. Like, yo, you suck. Now, publicly, yeah. you can say it to the players about? or whatever, but you don't go on – you don't do a, a broadcast about it. Well, they were pretty terrible. Here's another name. Uh, I believe he played at Alabama. It's won a couple natties. Dabo. Oh, Dabo. Is Dabo hot enough to go to Alabama? I don't think so. Is that legal? Dabo. With his what? stance on NIL, I would not want him. Yeah, he's not he's not a fan of the transfer portal or NIL, so need both of us to win how it is. I don't think he could go there. Um the I, Florida State coach is is he good enough? One <laughs> name I saw one name I saw too was uh Lane Kiffin coming home. Oof, I think Kiffin and Sark both would get swallowed up there. I don't think they have the like physicality in them that like Alabama fans expect. I, I I don't want to say this name because it might spoil it and there's no way it'll happen or it'll spoil our NFL segment. But, you know, a local Washington guy uh, <laughs> who has some college football experience for other teams winning titles. Just how electric would that be? 
That, that would break my heart. <laughs> Pete jumping into college football right now with NIL transfer portal. Oh, shit. oh he's he's dosed that game already, baby. <laughs> oh god, I don't I don't see that at all. <laughs> Maybe just give it to Tommy Reese then. You know, he's been there a year. No, they they've got to land a big name. Zambi, if if this Dan Landing thing is true, I think that's probably the best Alabama could do right now. And it's kind of funny because then Oregon goes into the Big Ten without a coach, and that'd be hilarious. <laughs> I do oh, think no. Oregon, Lincoln, Oregon will be all right because Oregon – I think if you're a recruit, there's a distinction here. If you're a recruit, you go to Oregon because it's Oregon, and they have the cool uniforms. They have the Nike. I don't – I like maybe some guys were jazzed about playing for Dan Lanning, but I think he's so new – that he doesn't necessarily carry that aura with him. Whereas Alabama fucking sucked before Nick Saban blew that thing up. So they were going to play for Nick Saban's Alabama, not just Alabama's aura. I think maybe now that could be a little bit of a thing, but I think it's just, it's just different. I do think one thing that these guys may have thought about though, as recruits is like Saban is how old 72 or is that Pete? I don't know how old he is, but you got to think that if you're committed to Alabama, there's probably a chance that Saban is retiring while you're there. So it's he, not like he, he ain't telling you that in the living room when he's trying to get you to come to his. No, of course not. But you can just kind of put two and two together. Like, all right, dude, you're pretty old. Like, you don't love the transfer pool, like all that stuff. Like, maybe, maybe they're a little bit more prepared for it. Um, but maybe if they, if he just retired while they were there, they would say, fuck, it, I'm going to transfer portal anyway. So I don't know if it makes a difference. All right, real quick, everyone go down and make your pick. Jimbo or who it should be. All right, all right, sorry. Let me just all right, Zambi, who's your pick? Uh, you guys know. Jake, who do you got? Jimbo Fisher. Ooh, I <laughs> like I like that pick a lot. Danielson? Oh. Uh I think it's I think it's landing. I think that Alabama job is just Better than Oregon. Oregon's a great job, but if you get an opportunity to go coach Alabama, I think you got to take it. Cooper, who do you got? Oh, uh, I'm gonna go. I'll go. You know, the easy, the easy pick here, given what the information Zambi shared, is is definitely landing. But I'll go a little wild card pick for you guys. Um, this guy just got released. Hell of an NFL coach, or was an NFL coach? <laughs> give me a, give me a little Mike Brable. <laughs> Thank you, Cooper. I almost had a meltdown. <laughs> Braves, huh? Braves. I don't. I don't think. I don't think he leaves the NFL. But if he did, hard to pass up the Alabama gig. If he did, he'd probably go back to his alma mater, Ohio State, and show Ryan Day the door. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Paige, who do you got? Yeah, I, I do think this isn't my pick. I'm all for the content here. I think it will probably be landing. But if it's not, why not go to uh, Mr. Uh, Kalen DeBoer? Just made it to the national championship. Just like Dan said, wins everywhere. Why not Bama? Yeah. Imagine if he had an offensive line in that game. That would have been helpful. Oh, my gosh. They had the best offensive line in the country. <laughs> like they were awarded the best offensive line. You dub was? Well, they were playing Pac-12 schools. Let's I, I have another another question for the group. Does anyone find it weird that Saban decided to retire after losing in a semifinal? I think he was so fucking done with the direction of college. 
football. Yeah. In realignment, I think he was just done with it. Also, it'd be great to like go out on top, but he already has the record for most championships. So it's like Well, I mean, I guess like I think I think it was decided after he beat Kirby Smart in the SEC championship. I think he was just so sick of everyone saying Kirby Smart was a new a new guy and he just fucking said, put this in your pipe and smoke it. So I, I think he made the decision right after that game. But he's like, I'm done. I think he made the decision before the season started. And respect to him, like we yeah. said, not making a huge fuss out of it. I mean, he's, he's also seventy-two. Yeah, I think I think this was probably considered for the past couple of years, and I think I think he made the decision this year before the season. Well, Saban will be missed by some. Um, just held held coach what he did at Alabama was pretty awesome to watch. It'll be very interesting to see who's next. Uh, moving on, though, the team that was the last to beat Nick Saban in his career, the Michigan Wolverines are national champions, beating UW 34-13. Shout out to Roge. <laughs> Roge, give us a sign. <laughs> Blink, twice. Blink twice if you're still alive. It's been two years since we've heard from good old Roge. It'd be great but, to hear from you, bud. I sure would. But uh, quick, quick reaction to the game in Michigan season: fifteen and zero. Harbaugh suspended for six games. The sign stealing, the sign stealing scandal. But just a pretty dominant football team uh, when you actually play the game and you're not worried about all the other stuff. Um. Yeah, I'll I'll do hand up. I think multiple times this year, definitely at the beginning of the year, I kept saying. Yeah, I don't. Uh, Michigan's never that good. Michigan's always kind of a poser, fake. Uh, they weren't. They were a very good football team. So you know, congrats, congrats to Michigan. But I just don't like Michigan. <clears throat> yeah, I think. Uh, I think no matter how you slice it, uh, this is this is an asterisk championship in my opinion. Um, they cheated. Their coach literally sat half the season. Um, I will give credit to the players that played the games for for what they did um and the success they had but as far as what harbaugh's done here asterix you fucking cheated you literally dressed up an assistant coach in other teams clothes to film games to steal signs uh so unfortunately i think the way the ability for michigan to get to this position to get to where they were this season is built on a throne of lies and cheating, um, which is unfortunate because the players on this team were fantastic. Um, I thought they don't. They, generally speaking, I thought they also dominated this championship game. I think, especially at the line of scrimmage, and sadly, it goes to like the old adage that the Pac-12 is soft. I mean, UW had the best offensive line in the country this year, and they got dominated the entire game. Uh, you know, UW was able to make it respectable in the second half when their defensive line, you know, showed up. But for the most part, UW had like three plays that maybe could have made this more interesting. Aside from that, Michigan was in control in the driver's seat the entire game and likely or probably should have won by a lot more. If you're being honest with yourself, they Michigan sort of seemed like they got complacent and UW elevated their defensive play to keep them in the game. But otherwise, I I kept hoping Michigan or Washington would do something 
and it just never came. And so I didn't, I just, it was, it wasn't a classic, but it was, it was still fun to watch. Yeah. I, as our listeners know, I am not a fan of UW. Go Cougs, go Devils. So I took a lot of joy in this game. I especially enjoyed uh, UW's Twitter reactions, complaining about holding calls. Yes, there were some holding calls. But in on the fourth down play in the Apple Cup, three blatant holds. You want to start complaining now? So You know your team's getting outplayed when holding calls is what you're complaining about. Yeah. And the, th- the thing is, too, like I've seen mock drafts that have the Seahawks drafting Penix, and I, I don't want him. He's injury prone and he doesn't step up to the plate, let alone they needed last minute efforts against ASU and Wazoo to win. Like, I think, yes, they got to, to the Natty, but I don't think they're the second best team in college football. And you look at the, the roster as well. So you have the offensive line. You have Penix, who apparently got snubbed for Heisman. And you have three NFL-caliber wide receivers in Polk, McMillan, and Odunze. To put up 13 points, that is just ridiculous. Like, credit to Michigan, but 13 points, insane. I hate you. <laughs> I do think I do think as much as we hyped up Penix last week, that dude is like, plays bipolar almost. He either plays lights out slinging the ball downfield making phenomenal plays or he just kind of like just kind of just doesn't have it sometimes i don't know how much that's him or michigan's defense in this situation but kind of just something i like I, I don't know if i were an nfl team i would i wouldn't be crazy about him as my starting quarterback i don't think he changes the trajectory of an nfl team he'd be an electric backup quarterback it's like your quarterback goes down and you're like, oh, we're down 10. Who's coming in? Penix. And he just throws that deep ball like he had against Texas. And then he could kind of the Gardner Minshew like level is what we're, you know, I think would be his season. Well, that's rude, Jake. That's very rude. I would say that's a pretty good compliment to Gardner, too. <laughs> I think I think his 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 ceiling is probably Geno esque like maybe maybe that's a little high yeah if he didn't have all the injuries like it would take a while to develop to that and like to zambi's point i think he has shoulder injuries and knee injuries i mean who who would you rather draft in this scenario michael Penix or jj mccarthy Ooh, i think (laughs) i I think Penix in that situation i i am not crazy about jj mccarthy no I'd go Penix for sure. I think I, Penix would be good. Oh, next. <laughs> <laughs> I'd go uh, lineman instead. <laughs> I also would definitely not draft Bo Nix. Oh, the Falcons are definitely going to. Oh, yeah, I was going to say that. That is a award-winning listener. Kyle George is a new <laughs> Don't slander Bo Nix too much. All right, well, how about that? Bo Nix or Penix, if you had to draft one? Bo Nix. Penix. I mean, Penix has a higher ceiling, but he just is going to get injured. There's no way you can stay healthy in the NFL. He didn't get hurt. He played every game. Two seasons. Yeah, but did you see him in the last half of this game? <laughs> Should not His ribs been. are destroyed. Yeah, he got crushed. It's, he I had, mean, like, it looked like he was to... smuggling money 
Like that happened to anybody. It's nothing to do with him being injury prone. He got just like just killed. Dan, how many surgeries has this guy had in his? Yeah. He's had four season-ending surgeries. <laughs> He's torn both ACLs, I think. Yeah, how is that not injury prone? <laughs> I'm saying him hobbled because his ribs hurt is not him being injury prone. So he's hurt his ribs, his shoulders, and his knees. Jake, have you played football? You get hit and you you Yeah, and then you don't play football anymore because you're injury prone. Dan, Dan, he has had compound injuries. Like that is a that is a like noted negative part of his game. Yes, I get that. I get the I get the knees, I get the ACLs, but to say that oh he's gonna get hurt because he he's like holding his ribs in the national championship, but he's getting rocked. Like that, that, that has nothing to do with his other injuries. I think I'm going, I think as much as it pains me, I'd say Bonex. <laughs> I go Penix. I think Penix is the fourth quarterback taken. Caleb, Drake May, Jane Daniels, Michael Penix. Oh, I think Jaden Daniels is, is due to be a bust, but I oh, might, yeah. we might be getting ahead yes. here. Isn't everyone comparing him to like Lamar Jackson? Isn't that his player comp? That's very lofty if that's the case. But anyway, I think we're getting lost here. Uh, so, Cooper, <laughs> I got to ask you this one. Do you really think Jim Harbaugh is going to leave now after winning a national championship? Uh, yeah, I was, uh, I was, uh, I quickly learned that there is a strong possibility that Mr. Harbaugh could be NFL bound. Which would, you know. Did you just learn this today? Uh, Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You're just scrolling through your phone in the bathtub and came across this? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Bathtub, uh, you know, elsewhere. But, um, yeah, I, I, (laughs) I I think, yeah, I don't know. Like, I think if he's going to leave, it's this year. Or he's, he pulls a save and is that. Michigan for life. So if he really wants a Super Bowl, then yeah, he's gone. To me, this has like Pete Carroll leaving USC written all over it. I like I aside what I was gonna say, is there a possibility that like Michigan could face more sanctions after this whole sign ceiling scandal? Yes, they have two pending investigations still. I think if I'm Harbaugh. Good. I've won my championship. I came back home and accomplished everything there is to at this school. Fuck the NCA for what they're putting me through. I mean, you kind of did it to yourself, so I don't feel too bad for him. But if you're him, why do you want to deal with this? Like you're, this isn't what you want to deal with. But the flip side is, I mean, he's had NFL success. He just, I, I think that's all that's left for him, and his time is running out to do it. So I think I think he jumps back into the NFL, and I think that the just crazy coaching carousel that is the NFL right now opens that door wide for him. Um, college football just seems so much more difficult to me if you're a coach. Aside from, I think there is more security maybe in college football, but fuck the recruiting, the NIL, the transfer portal. Like all this shit is just making things so much more difficult for coaches. So just go to the NFL where you have a normal season, like a normal, like what, what you're used to. Yeah, totally you actually have an off season. Totally agree. I think he's gone. Where, where does he go? How about that? That's going to be my question for you guys. Um, 
I'm kind of torn because I feel like Harbaugh is kind of a West Coast guy, so I could see the Chargers, but I think the Commanders with the new ownership could be a pretty good spot. What What are the openings right now? Who can Who can throw those out there? Um, uh, Commanders, Falcons, Chargers, Raiders, Titans, Panthers, and technically Seattle. Yeah, the rumors are that the Raiders and him have had discussions, and uh, honestly, I, I think he'd be a good coach in Vegas because you have to be able to keep your kind of players not doing Vegas shit during the season. And he's definitely, he's not a super players coach. He's a, a more disciplinarian. I don't see Horbaugh wanting to be in Vegas. That's a good point. Yeah. And I think he's going to go to the spot where he thinks he can win the most. And he thinks he can legit compete for a Super Bowl. Um. My Super Bowl prediction last year was the Los Angeles Chargers with uh, <laughs> Justin Herbert at the helm and a very talented roster that we always hear about. Coaching's been the downfall. I think the best place for him to win has got to be the Chargers. Yeah, yeah. I think if he if he likes if he likes Herbo at quarterback, I think that's a no brainer. But if he wants to be with the team that he can just kind of you know start from scratch. I think it's probably Vegas. Vegas has you, great pieces for sure. They have great pieces. I think if you're a wise NFL coach, the one thing you need on an NFL team that's the hardest thing to come by is a franchise quarterback. And the only team listed that has a legit Super Bowl contending quarterback is the Chargers. Um, and they have a pretty solid defense too, right? I mean, Anders had the second on. pick though, so you can choose your quarterback. That's uh, that is interesting. I also think I, if you're <clears> the Raiders, <throat> are they not sold on Antonio Pierce? That's what I, I was going to say. That is there an option to get hired? I from everything I've seen, I mean, the fans love that guy. He the the players love him. I would be a little bit surprised if he doesn't end up getting that job. Yeah, yep. there's definitely a chance, but I think if you could get Harbaugh or somebody of that caliber, that's tough to tell uh, Mark Davis to keep his guy. I also don't – yeah, it's also like I don't see Harbaugh working for Mark Davis. I don't see that relationship clicking. I also do, can't see the Raiders affording another big coach salary. <laughs> they're paying they're already paying two head coaches <laughs> next year. That's a great point. Like I would be like, please stay – Pierce, because we have you on the rookie deal, I guess. <laughs> Jake, what if Harbaugh uh, reached out to the Bears and said, hey, I want to come here. I know you guys just said you're not firing Eberflus. Now what? Fuck, it's hard. I don't know. I'm glad we got rid of our offensive coordinator. But um, I, I feel like you got to be loyal to Eberflus. Jake just loves mediocrity. I love <laughs> Being a loyal, mediocre team. Oh, oh Jake, you think Dan Lanning has to be loyal to Oregon and you think the Bears have to be loyal <laughs> I believe to in loyalty, Dan. Oh, my goodness. Um, I, I think we should keep Justin Fields. We keep Eber Flues. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, Get Marvin Harrison. I think if, if Ryan Poles found out that Jim Harbaugh would take the Bears job if offered – Everything they said about Eberflus today, they're just like, ah, you know what? There's been a material change. <laughs> Welcome back, Jim Harbaugh. And everyone well, would be stoked. I mean, I would argue it'd be the best spot because you have a relatively weak division 
I mean, the Lions are, are fairly good, but like no Aaron Rodgers, Vikings quarterbacks injury prone. You have two first round picks. You can choose if you want to keep Justin Fields or get a new quarterback. Um, you have the most cap space of any team. Already have a pretty good defense. Like you played there. You played there. Yeah. He could do exactly what he did to Michigan for your Bears, Jake. Cheat to win? I'm all for it. Let's do this. No, go home and win for a team that he has roots in. But you're too loyal to Eberflus, so you're never going to win anything. Well, maybe we can talk him into becoming the defensive coordinator. But not not, not Harbaugh. I mean, Eberflus. (laughs) Is Is there any world where we entertain the idea of Harbaugh to Seattle? I was just about to say, Zambi, do you want to give your elevator pitch to Jim Harbaugh? Hell no. <laughs> we want Dan Quinn, baby. I mean, if you're what? John Schneider and <laughs> the ownership, like you got to at least see if Harbaugh would be interested, right? Like, Zambi, he's objectively a great football coach. No. Too I much. Zambi, not a Harbaugh. Too much baggage there, too much uh, back and forth and. German and Kaepernick and Crabtree and all that. Yeah. No. Well, Sandy, is there a reason you're high on Dan Quinn, who has like a 500 (laughs) win loss record in the NFL? Like, what, what, why is that? He was on your Super Bowl team. He was there at DC then. Yeah. He's had two stints with the Seahawks. He's a defensive guru. And came up under Pete. Yeah. No, he, he knows the culture. So. I think it's the perfect. Is that a good culture? Better than the Rams. <laughs> you can't hurt Zane by attacking the NFL team. <laughs> okay. Is that, are you talking about playoff culture? I <laughs> I think if you look at the Seahawks from Pete's tenure, the Seahawks have had a very good winning relevant culture and have a good reputation, which is a great segue, Zambi, as the first bombshell today came from the NFL with Pete Carroll. Saying he's gone. Zambi, take it from here. All righty. Well, enough of Zane talking. Time for the NFL segment. This is your intern, Zambi. And I would, if you haven't listened to T-Pain seeing uh, War Pigs, definitely check it out. But anyways, uh, yeah, unfortunately today, the Seahawks and Pete Carroll parted ways. Uh, just based on the social media reaction, um, the players weren't, super keen on it i think it's just a lot of sadness and a lot of appreciation for pete and kind of the culture he built the person he was on and off the field um so it's been a a day of mourning for me but um happy to hear what uh you guys have to say and make me feel better zambi give us your give us your best or your most memorable p carroll memory You know, it has to be the Air Monarchs. The shoe game, huh? <laughs> that or uh, him just chewing a shit ton of gum on the sidelines. Um, I'd say that and then, I don't know if you guys saw the video, but um, he was asked what his favorite moment was as a as a coach. And he said it was after the Super Bowl. He looked up into the crowd and was trying to find his wife. And to be honest, I kind of teared up a little bit as like, this guy, <laughs> I'm going to miss him and his crazy shit he does at 72. But, yeah. Legend, Hall of Famer. I always thought Pete would go out on his own terms. I don't think these are his own terms. Um, 
I think his quotes yesterday were that he's not tired. He wants to keep doing this. And then today they said, well, you're not tired, but we might be tired of you. <laughs> so you hate to see that for Pete. He still was at a very high level. The Seahawks were, you know, needed a little bit of help to get in the playoffs and it just didn't happen for him. Got out um, Bears. Yep. The Bears, the Bears did crush those dreams, but, uh, but yeah, definitely, definitely saw that as a surprise today. So Zambi, Dan Quinn's next. Is that just a a lock? Yeah, I'm feeling feeling Dan, but um, I mean, who am I to <laughs> say what's a lock? I'm just a guy in Spokane. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyone else have any uh, P. Carroll stuff? It bits. Zane, Dan, this is likely P. Carroll's. Last in as a head coach, do you have any kind words to say as a former SC coach? Uh, I fell in love with football watching Pete Carroll's USC Trojans. So thank you, Pete, for showing me the great game of football. I feel like he, I feel like he died. So that's, that's kind of got a little, a little emotional there. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I have a difficult relationship with Pete because on one hand. The dude was just the hero when I was growing up and his departure set in place a series of events that have led to sadness, despair, and tragedy in my adult fandom. Um, and so I, I, I'm not a Seahawks fan. I've always been a Pete Carroll fan, I guess. Um, but yeah, I, I, it is sad to see him not go out on his own terms. I just read an article that said the team wanted to go in a different direction. Um, but yeah, I, I don't, I mean, is he staying on the staff? Is he, is that what I've heard? That they're going to keep him around? An advisor? Mm-hmm. Okay. There's an option for that, but I think if somebody if else. asked was, to leave, like, why do you want to stay? That's kind of odd. Uncomfortable. If, if somebody else were to say, Hey Pete, we want you to be our coach, like Pete could go coach somewhere at the wild hiring a 72 year old. But is Pete, does he still handle a lot of the special team shit? I really don't know. I know at SC, he was always our special teams guy. I would fucking love to have an actual special teams coach at USC. I don't think it'll ever happen. Um, I'll close my Pete Carroll lines out with, yeah, you know the kind of guy he is just based on his press conference when he quit, getting emotional like that. His emotion will always be something special. Yeah, 100%. And while we're on the topic of head coaches, we have a little bit of a coaching carousel going on. We have mentioned uh, Vrabel, another one, not official yet, but Bill Belichick. And then actually just pulled it up. I was looking at some potential new head coaches. We also have Eric uh, Bieniemy, Todd Bowles, uh, By- Byron Leftwich, and Dan Quinn, we mentioned, and Kellen Moore. So, uh... <laughs> oh, Kellen Moore? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like Kellen Moore. <laughs> Not as a head coach, but... Can I ask a question? What is the best... Uh, maybe this is leaking with the Harbaugh thing, so if it's what is the best destination right now if you're anybody choosing any team? I'd say commanders, just because you have new GM or new like ownership, second pick, good defense. 
Giants suck, you know. I think Oh, Jake, the Commanders defense was ass this year. They have good pieces though. They traded them. Yeah, honestly, That's I, true. I kind of forgot they traded Montez. This young Montez Sweat. <laughs> yeah. Terry McLaurin though, he's cool. Yeah, he, he sucked was a, in fantasy. He sucked this year. <laughs> oh, and then fine. <laughs> I, yeah, 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 I don't know. I don't know about that pick, Jake. I think I I think the best opening and granted they're a quarterback away because their current situation sucks ass, but I feel like the Falcons are an intriguing place. I mean, they have they have <laughs> skill players, and God forbid if fucking Arthur, what's his name? What was their former Arthur coach? Smith. If he knew how to use Bijan Robinson, like probably would have won, won our fantasy league. So um if you can bring someone in that can unlock him, Kyle Pitts and Drake London, that's a that's a fucking squad. And that's a very wide open, winnable division, too, if you look around you. So I think a guy that could just take over that job, get a quarterback, do great. I think Vrabel in Atlanta would be huge. But I have no idea what Vrabel wants to do. I can't believe Tennessee fired Vrabel. That's that that's crazy to me. I mean, I have a hard I have a hard time believing that if the Patriots do move on from the Belichick era, that Vrabel's not the next in line. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. Yep. Well, we'll keep this moving. Uh, looks like Jay Page is falling asleep on us. Uh, we'll do a quick hitter here. Uh, tell me who you guys got for Super Wild Card Weekend. Start with uh, Gilman here on Browns vs. Texans. Uh, I've got to go Browns. Shout out Sage, the only Browns fan I know. He's been so depressed for so long. Um, so I'm really hoping they, they get a win here against the Texans. Uh, I think Miles Garrett's probably the best football player in the league. And, um, yeah, I think him and Joe Flacco get it done. Right on. Going down the line, Z-Boy. Yeah, Browns. Um, although I think C.J. Stroud is an intriguing component to this game. Um, but I think I think Browns. I think Browns. All right, Danielson. Uh, the Browns played the Texans a couple weeks ago. The Browns absolutely killed them. However, C.J. Stroud did not play in that game. C.J. Stroud's playing on Saturday, and I think C.J. Stroud is going to get his first playoff victory. Give me the Texans. All righty, Mr. Dallas, Cooper. Uh, I think I think Dan couldn't be more wrong. Um, give me the Cleveland Steamers. I Joe Flacco's elite, and the Texans are just happy to be there. The story with Flacco is just too good to finish <laughs> Wild Card Saturday. I feel like. We need him to play the Ravens. I... Oh. <laughs> That's a good point. JP? Yeah, I think um, since my uh, girlfriend is from Ohio, specifically Toledo, which isn't far from, from Cleveland, my uh, count of, of people I know who are Browns fans has exponentially grown from <laughs> zero to, I think, five. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to have to go with the Browns on this one. Nice. I am riding with Dan. I think C.J. Stroud puts it together. But it would be kind of cool to see a Joe Flacco-Ravens rematch. So, 
Not a ton of dogs in the fight, but that does bring us to the Bills and Steelers. We'll do a little snake draft here. J Page, who do you got? Yeah, for the, in the interest of time, does anyone think the Steelers are winning this game? No, no, no. <laughs> Jake, I'm surprised you're usually the big underdog guy. Oh, us... have you watched the Steelers? Like They're Mason Rudolph versus Ugh. the Bills versus the Red Hot Bills. No like, TJ Watt too, so like their best player is out, and it's in Buffalo. Real quick, if you've looked, don't answer. Guess that spread. Hmm. Six, seven and a half. I'm gonna say thirteen and a half. Whoa! Oh Jesus! <laughs> this is still the NFL, sir. This is the NFL, sir. I was thinking along those lines too. I'm gonna say then ten and a half. Daniel, son. I know it. Okay, Paige. Um, uh, I'll go eleven and a half. It's ten. I have minus ten on my app on on action. I think the Bills cover that. <laughs> is this wait? Well, I mean, is this at this? This is yeah, at, at Buffalo. At Buffalo, oh, yeah. Bills cover the mafia. This is a, is this is a shit pumping. I think it's snowing. Maybe. Well, I don't think the cold will affect Pittsburgh, but I think their shitty team will affect them. Yeah, but just that, just the overall vibes when you when you turn this game on and it's snowing in Buffalo, the mafia's rolling like Bills big time. All righty, well, consensus pick Bills. We have the Dolphins and the Chiefs for a little homecoming for. Is it a homecoming? Yeah, yeah, yeah. for Tyreek. Yes, uh, <clears throat> let's go with Cooper. All right. Uh, fuck Taylor Swift. Fuck Travis Kelsey. Give me the fucking fins, baby. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. Should we, before we make these picks, I mean, maybe Cooper knows this already and or doesn't. This is a negative degree temperature, potentially in the negatives when it starts at 7 p.m. in Kansas City. The high at this time is like five degrees. Potential for the coldest playoff game in NFL history. <laughs> You still want to stick with the boys from South I mean, my, Beach? Mine's, mine's definitely a spite pick. I am just so sick of seeing Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey coverage, but I think that's what the NFL wants. So I think the Chiefs win this game, but I'm going for the fucking Finns, baby. I'm, so I'm making picks, or are we saying what we what, what are we doing here? I don't know. Like, who, who, he's, who's your pick? Heart, heart he's cooking, dude. Fins. He's cooking. Heart wants he's the cooking. Fins. Head wants. I'm doing a Dan right now. Heart wants the Finns. Head thinks Chiefs. So I guess. So, Oh. All right, I'm going to pick the Dolphins just because I agree it's cold weather. This is the only reason I hesitate, but I don't think the Chiefs are a good team this year. And recently they have not played well at all. So I think Tyreek has the revenge game. Go Dolphins. Who wants it? I'll, I'll, I'm going Chiefs. There's no fucking way a team from Miami wins in this kind of weather. I don't I like just imagine catching that football at like two degrees. Oh, that just imagine the Chiefs receivers is catching anything. But they don't catch that. anything, so it's yeah. it's kind of a fair game. This is our, <laughs> that's a watch. That's a watch, that's Tony. <laughs> I I just I just don't see a home team losing a cold weather game like this. I think Miami's a better football team. I'm going to go Miami. Ooh. We're split down the middle. We'll split. Is it to me? It's you or Paige. 
I will go with the home team. Not only does a team from Miami not win this game, a team that has a quarterback from Hawaii who went to <laughs> Alabama playing the SEC, who is probably never – well, I, I think he's played at Buffalo before in the snow. But, yeah, no way that the Dolphins win this game. Give me the Chiefs. It's going to be ugly, though. Going to be ugly. Didn't, they, didn't the Dolphins in their playoff game last year play, like, in Buffalo for the first – for the wildcard game? They played tough. It wasn't that cold in that game, and Tua didn't play because he was still in his fencing position. So Jesus. I think Paige is the last one. Give me the Dolphins. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, wow. Split, split. We should put a bet on this. What's uh um what's the over on this game? The over on this? I have no idea. Yeah. Efforting. It's gotta be low. Uh 44 and a half under. I'd take the over. I have I have a fun fact. The diff, the weather differential, the temperature difference between Miami's last game and this upcoming game is going to be 70 degrees difference. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> so, keep that in your back pocket, Dolphins boys. <laughs> Yikes. All righty, and Cooper's favorite game of the weekend, we have the cheese-loving Packers versus the Cowboys, who seemingly can't wait to win in the playoffs. Do we, do, we, do we play the interest of time game for this one? Yes. Anybody picking the pack? Go I'm once. The pack. I'm oh. Not... Ugh, is, that a spite, is that a spite pick? Absolutely a fucking spite pick. I really want I really want the Cowboys to lose because I think it's just perfect content. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't see it happening. Goop, I'll be behind you hundred percent on this game. Fuck the Packers. I want Mika Parsons to just destroy them. So if that could happen, that would be that would make my playoff weekend. I think uh, the- I want that too. Um Jordan Love does make me nervous. I think that guy's balling the fuck out right now. Really annoying how he's a really good quarterback. You know, Packers just did it fucking again. That's so cool. So, um, but yeah, I think the moment's too big. I think Dak's playing with a huge chip on his shoulder and CD's playing out of his goddamn mind. So give me the boys. But y'all knew that. All right. Then we got Cowboys win this week and then they lose their home game next week. That's yes. that that's the storyline we need. Yep. Script. Has yep. been leaked. <laughs> Don't let them go to San Francisco because everyone knows what will happen if that if that happens. Yep. In our second to last game, um, I think it's going to be pretty interesting. We have the Jared Goff Matt Stafford matchup between the Lions and the Rammies. I'm going to go with the Lions. I think Aminra goes off, and Jameer Gibbs has a pretty good game. Is uh, this this is the game of the weekend, right? This most is a Sunday night game, I think. Yeah, most entertaining game? Probably. Just Dolphins Chiefs is for the story. I would say Dolphins Chiefs, but the weather, I think, is going to affect the actual like, performance. Quality. Yeah, quality of play. Honestly, Browns versus Texans will probably be the least talked about, but most entertaining. <laughs> for the for the wrong reason. Ah, yeah. No, you're right. That could be a good one. Like, Yeah. I think I'm going the Rams here, though. I like Kyron Williams, and you can run against the Lions. Like the Bears should have beat the Lions twice. We split them, but it is is you can you can establish the run, and um, you have to put them away though. They can score very quickly, but 
The offensive dynamics in this game are so fucking intriguing. Uh, skill position players, electric, both quarterbacks, high caliber. Uh, I'm obviously going Rammies because I, I think I'm still a Rams fan somewhere deep down, but I'd love to see uh, Amon Ross St. Brown have a good game just because of my Trojan loyalty. Um, Dan, are there any USC players on the Rams anymore? I don't think so. Yeah, so but I do love Puka. Puka. <laughs> yeah, I think uh I think I'm rocking with the Rams. Um, although from the story standpoint, Lions winning this game, Jared Goff getting revenge against McVay, and then the Lions going to the Cowboys next week for the revenge for the illegal oh. for the ineligible receiver. That's the script oh. right there. Oh shit, Cooper. that's the script. You fucking bitch, Cooper. <laughs> uh, is this Stafford's first time back in Detroit since leaving? Yeah. Yeah, I just – I don't know. I like Stafford here. I, I like I like McVay in the playoff scenario. The Lions, first time winning division. They blew their load winning that. So, give me the Rams. Two, two like, pretty likable teams, huh? I don't really like the Rams. I, d- I just don't. I don't think what's likable about the Rams. I, I don't think, think like, about them. I all. think Matt Stafford is like generally a pretty likable guy. I think Sean McVay is pretty likable. Puka's likable. Like there, there's not any like Cooper Cup. Yeah, this is like a likable. The players I do like likeable. Cooper Cup. I the think problem, the only reason though, people hate the Rams is because they're from LA. And because they've been in Super Bowls yeah. in the last. That's actually, if you said this was the St. Louis Rams versus the line. Yeah. Okay. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh what so we were just missing pages pick give me the rammies oh no lions, lions lock it in by, lions favored by three yeah lock the lions in here boys brutal anyways last game we have is philadelphia eagles against the buccaneers with baker's infield what do we interest think? of time game anyone picking the bucks I'm taking the Bucks, baby. Give me Baker. Fuck oh. you. They have sucked the last like five weeks. I think they've lost four of the last five. I'm going. They're Bucks. one and five to end the season with losses against back to back losses against Arizona and the Giants. It is bad in Philly. However, I still think they find a way. And it's in Tampa, though. Yeah. They should just tush push every single play this game, and they probably win. Yeah, I'm going Eagles. I think the Eagles have been playing bad, but they just there's no reason they should lose this game. I've said that for the last six weeks, and they keep they you keep pick the Eagles play. too, Dan. Don't don't yell at me. I them. know, I know that that's but like I I'm with you, Jake. I can't quit them. I still think that they're that somehow they're gonna win. Give me the Eagles. And then Zane, were you an Eagles boy too? Yeah, I watched Invincible like a couple weeks ago. <laughs> oh, that is that is such a Zane movie right there. <laughs> you know is. what, Cooper? It is a Zane movie. I'd rather watch that a hundred times than Saltburn even once. So sue me if I like sports over whatever the fuck that movie is. That was a horrible movie. It was an art house picture, guys. Come on. No, yeah. it was a shit house picture. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Sports. Yeah. Do we knock out a super quick dozen while we're here? Yes, yes. Knock out. Out, right? We got 10 Still minutes. Hot. 
We have to. Stand by. I've not played today. This is all fair game, baby. Let's go. Well, while Dan's uh, pulling this up, um, another movie that was disappointing, I watched Napoleon this week. Pretty boring. Just, oh. I was bummed. I, I like really Scott. I like historical movies. Just could barely hold my attention. What uh, about he, what about Boys in the Boat? I've heard that's a good one. Has anyone seen Iron Claw yet? No, I hear that's good, but sad. Yeah. I've heard it's good. So is uh, anyone but you or whatever it is. Yeah. Also yeah, a pretty good movie, The Killer good on movie. Netflix. Pretty uh, solid. That, that was the one with Michael Fassbender, right? Plays like an assassin. Not a bad watch. Zane, I, you thought might was, like I thought it was okay. You know, I'm you with like you, it? Dan. Yeah, I thought it was kind of boring. I thought the Daily Dozen was good. We going? Ready? Yep. Let's try. Snacks college and candy. Snacks start. and candy. Snacks and candy. Okay, we'll come around to college basketball. Snacks and candy produced by Good Humor slash Briars. The Choco Taco was marketed on wrappers under the umbrella of what recognizable ice cream brand before getting discontinued in 2022? Is this Haagen-Dazs? I don't think so. I feel like it's more American. I do love the Choco Taco. Yeah, I don't a, eat bored ice cream a, like Haagen-Dazs. So what is the drumstick? Yeah, uh, that's what I was thinking of. Is it like is, it uh, is he saying Klondike? I think it's Klondike. Oh, Klondike. Klondike sounds good. We like answers from the gallery. Yes, let's go. Let's go, Izzy. Let's Huge go. Music. Uh, following the success of their song <laughs> Fireflies, Al City collaborated with Riley Ray Jepsen for the 2012 <laughs> hit song Good Time. Jesus Christ, Cooper. Oh, how did you know that? You would not believe your eyes if 10 million fireflies oh man that was the world that's my favorite part of the, the episode away from here <laughs> that's, that's a the fantastic world. karaoke song one time i sang that with penny at the dock and it was pretty electric oh, so, God. save it save it for your next time movies uh rated a one percent by critics on rotten tomatoes dana carvey wore a turtle suit while playing the lead role the master of disguise the master of disguise master of disguise the master of disguise I've seen How did I know this was turtle, the one turtle, movie? Turtle, turtle. This was, I was a one percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Turtle. That's crazy. That crazy was underrated, guys. Ian, how is this the one movie you know? <laughs> oh, Jake, I go way back with Master in Disguise. Dan, Dan is also an amphibian, just like the Master of Disguise. <laughs> Ooh, since since 2019, Elliot Page has starred in this Netflix series revolving around a dysfunctional family of adopted sibling superheroes. Umbrella Academy. Have you guys watched that? Is it good? It is pretty good. Boom. Another one. Retail and shopping. Illustrator, Premiere, Acrobat, and Lightroom are all names of products and applications associated. This is Adobe. 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 Yep, never mind. I know that from my work. Damn, Uh, Zambi. Zambi came in confident and just got shut down by the boys. (laughs) Sorry, Zambi. I was all over that one. We're trying to go quick. We got six minutes to, to meet our quota before overtime starts kicking in. All right, NFL. What team were the Seahawks facing when Marshawn Lynch Thanks. broke nine tackles during a 67 yard touchdown run known as the Beast Quake? Zambi. It is the New Orleans Saints, and I was at that game. Oh, baby. Insane. Never forget Correct. the Seahawks were seven and nine in the playoffs. <laughs> Hosting the playoff game as NFC West champion. <laughs> who, who was that? Who was the quarterback? Was that? Matt Hasselback. Was it Hasselback? Mm-hmm. All right, on to MLB. 
From 2007 to 2009, this Tampa Bay Rays first baseman totaled 116 homers, made an all-star team, won a silver slugger, a gold glove, and led the AL in home runs in 2009. It's not Conseco, is it? No, 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 no. Conseco's an outfielder. Yeah. I, I can picture this guy. Is it Pena? Yes, Carlos Pena. Yes, nice. Boom. Damn. Come Are on, boys, lock in here. On college basketball? No, no, no. No, no, no. As a sophomore, Otto Porter Jr., Georgetown. Finish <laughs> the question, Dan. As a sophomore, Otto question. Porter Jr. was the 2013 Big East Player of the Year, consensus All-American, and led this school to a two-seed in the NCAA tournament. Was this the team that lost to Florida Gulf Coast? Could have been. They definitely lost somebody because they said to the um because yeah. his accolade was just being a two seed. That's true. That's that's a great call. I think it was a two that was the 15 seed. All right. The mashup to go perfect, fellas. Come on, boys, dial it in here. Okay, this look is at the cool. eyes. Look at the eyes. What? Oh, Billy Bob Thornton. Mark Ruffalo and Steve Martin. Yeah, oh, I don't I don't think it's oh. I don't I think I'm with yeah. Coop on that one. Coop's right, Coop's yeah. right. Steve Martin. <laughs> Long. I am cooking, boys. Ooh, hey, <laughs> my bad. Mark hey, Ruffalo for game. the win, for the perfection. Come on. Boom! Yeah. Yeah. Wow. We are one of 2,169 people that have a perfect <laughs> dozen. Oh, we were the 69th. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Salt That's pretty good. And we didn't even hesitate. MLB with that 30% page, that was huge coming up Pena. I was not gonna I was not gonna get that. Shout out Izzy, yeah. the Klondike was 33%. Klondike was also key. We were gonna oh, say that. Oh, I was not the same Pena that was in Moneyball. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Good stuff. Great way to end it. GG's oh, in the chat. Point. Well, that means I have four minutes to rant and end this podcast. Just kidding. But as always, fellas lovely listeners great talking sports with y'all um so that zags stay on track no more losses especially in the wcc and um see how all this football stuff shakes out but uh, excited for some playoffs boys and, and any any closing thoughts from you guys go zags go keep zags. the win streak rolling baby well, the cowboys go knights I'll say fuck you, Dub, and go Zaps. They warm out there, friends. <laughs>